Well, good morning. How are you guys? Do- How are you guys doing over here? Anybody? You guys all right over here? Oh, we got a few people over here. How about you guys in the middle section? You guys? Uh-oh, watch out. Uh-oh, come on now. This section to the south. You guys, how are you guys doing? There's one loud one back there. They got two. There's two in there. And I think the middle section is going to recruit you guys to bring you over. So, you know, I um I understand what what Bobby said when when the Bible says that when you are last, you will be first. Um Bobby, I was always the smallest. So, you know, when basketball selection came around, I was last. But they always ended up having to pay for it because I was a bad dude. <laughs> I, there's another bad dude I want to talk about today in the Word of God, and his name is Joshua. Everybody say Joshua. Joshua, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch base on this real quick. I want to do a little bit of review um, uh, in Joshua chapter ver- chapters one through five, but in the book of Joshua, remember we talked about the Israelites coming out of Egypt. So we go from the place of where uh, where Moses in Exodus was bringing the Israelites out. And in your Bible, you, you, I'll give you a short synopsis of that. In your Bible, it, when, when we did Exodus, then Moses brings the, Egyptian, or brings, uh, the Israelites out of Egypt, and then there's a process that they have to go through. They, first of all, they came out. Say, so come out. They came out of Egypt. They come out. You know, we, we got to come out of the bondage, first of all. Remember, that was just a review point. One, you got to come out of the bondage. And then they did what? They were in the wilderness. And they were in the wilderness for how, how long? 40 years. But what they were doing in the wilderness, and you can read that through not only Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and then we get to Joshua. So the Israelites were walking around and around and around, but they were learning the ways of the Lord. So first of all, you gotta you gotta come out of bondage. You gotta get out of bondage. Then we gotta know what God knows. We've gotta know what God has for us. We've gotta learn the ways of God. And then now we come to Joshua, and Joshua is positioned to take the Israelites into the Promised Land. I don't know about you. Let me put it this way. I'm getting mine. That is not greedy. I'm going to get mine. I am going to get into the promised land where I can have peace, where I need peace. Come on, somebody. Where I can have victory all the time that I can begin to walk in those things. And although I may get knocked down, I get back up. Because in the promised land, and we call it in the New Testament, it's the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom is righteousness, uh, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. So we see where Joshua now was being put together, appointed by God. It was like God was like, Moses is dead. Joshua, it's time to move in. So we can see that. In chapter 1, we see God's charge to Joshua. In chapter 2, we see where Rahab, she sheltered the spies. That was in chapter 2. In chapter 3, we saw where Israel crossed, they crossed over the Jordan. And there's been some things that we've got to cross over. What is the Jordan in your life? What is that? Is it fear that there seems to be a theme this morning dealing with fear that you've got to step through that? You've got to walk through the waters of fear. Come on. And come out on to the other side. In chapter 4, we talked about the memorial stones. Say memorial stones. 
In other words, what was the memorial that was left? And they had these 12 stones, one for each member of the tribe of Judah to represent that. And be careful as you walk out over there, there's 12 memorial stones that represent that. The reason for the memorial stones uh, was to continue to remind their children that when they walk by, they go, hey, dad, what's up with these stones? Why are these here? Then all of a sudden it opens it up to where the father can now testify. Look, this is what God did for our people. I'm telling you, there's got to be some memorial stones, whether physical and the natural or spiritual in your lives that you guys can look back and go, look what the Lord has done. Back in 1917, the Lord delivered me out of you know, this bondage. I came out of Egypt. I received Christ that year. And now all of a sudden there's a godly lineage that's being passed down. So we begin to see the memorial stones. And then in chapter 5, we talked about Israel being circumcised. Okay? So when they said Israel was being circumcised, it was a circumcision of the heart, not made of hands like the Jews would go through the circumcision on the eighth day. But just before they entered the promised land, those had never been circumcised, got circumcised, and then there was a time of healing that took place, and then they were be able to enter into the promised land. We talked a little bit about debt, debt cancellation. And we talked about the certificate of debt. If, if you, does, did you guys, any, who wants a certificate of debt? Did they pass them out already? Did you get one? That certificate of debt, let me give you the opportunity that everybody had last week. I am a full believer of those, you know, that, that, had, that, that crossed over first. Those that come later have the same opportunity as those that went over first. Amen? So I, I'm, I'm a, I have a prime opportunity of that. Did you know we talked about the circumcision and we actually talked about Colossians chapter 2. And I'll, I'll have him put it up. Colossians chapter 2. I just want to read through. We're going to go through verses 13, um, 14, and 15 real quick. But I want you to know that the certificate of debt in Colossians talks about Christ nailing it to the cross. Did you know that when there was a criminal that was executed, say, 2,000 years ago, they would actually list on the cross his crime. Okay? So it wasn't unusual when Jesus went to the cross that they listed that he was the king of Jews. That was his crime. He was the king of Jews. So do you see where that came from? So it wasn't unusual to be able to have a, a, a debt certificate that this person's a murderer or this person is this or this, whatever that is that that, that person is, that was on the cross. So we want to be able to understand that it was customary for them to nail those crimes uh, at a stake. And this is an example of that that was like above Jesus. So we asked you to write down some of the things on the, on the back, not on the front, because we're going to have the front. I don't want to know your stuff. Amen. God, let God know your stuff. Um, but to l- write down some of those things on that debt certificate that maybe you're struggling with. Maybe there's some issues going on in your life. You can put that in there. But let me show you with a scripture real quick that we used last week. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. Jesus, it, was, it talks about Jesus. It said, when you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven 
all of our transgressions. Let me say that again. Having forgiven all. Now, I did a word study on that on that word all. I looked in the Hebrew and the Greek and the Latin, and all means all. It means all. Having forgiven us all of our transgressions. Here it is, verse 14. Having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he's taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. That might be a good time to shout right there. Amen? So we, 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 we that were here yes, last week, we were able to write some of that stuff down on the back of that certificate of debt, and then we brought it up and we nailed it to the cross. So here's what I'm asking you guys to do. Those of you that want to participate, let's get this done. Write that down. When you get that, right at the very end of our, our uh, my message, I'm going to have you come up and give it to me, and we're going to take it up there. I got my hammer. I got my hammer ready to go. I got my nails. We're going to take it up and nail that. That's a symbolic gesture. It's a prophetic way that, that, that we are honoring what was taking place through Jesus on the cross having nailed it to the cross. We want to ask you to do that, okay? So if you didn't get a certificate of debt and you want one, just raise your hands and the ushers will get one. It looks like everybody may have one. I'm going to move on. Let's go back to Joshua. In Joshua chapter 6, they took Jericho. If you guys have read through, if you've read through Joshua, they, they first came in and they took Jericho. Jericho was the first thing. When they came over the Jordan, they came over right across Jericho. They were only, I think it was like five miles from Jericho. So there was a strategic position. Jericho had already heard. The kings of Jericho had already heard about the Israelites and that God was with them, and they were scared. So they shut up the city. They didn't let anybody come in, didn't let anybody go out, because they were concerned about the Israelites. And you remember how God used Joshua to, to take down the walls of Jericho? Remember they, that he sent them out, and they went around it once a day for, for six days, and then on the seventh day, nobody got to talk. That must have been difficult. That must have been difficult. You know, nobody got to talk when they walked around the the building. They blew the horn, the trumpets, the army men were in first, the the warriors. And then there was the ark. They took the ark of the covenant. And then Israel was the last to come, all the people. And they walked around there. Can you imagine being inside of Jericho and looking out and going, what are those Israelites doing? They're blowing the trumpets, you know what I mean? And they're going around, but nobody's saying anything. They were probably making fun of them and all that sort of stuff. And then we know on the seventh day that they got to shout. And the walls came down, and it was it was on. Where's Justin? It was on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> it was on. We were, we were, they, it, they, it was after it. They, they, Israel took over. Then we begin to look at, <clears throat> um, where, where am I at here? Yes. Oh, chapter 6. And then chapter 7, they lost to Ai. And they went without inquiring of the Lord, and they lost to Ai. And then, then they came back and said, okay, we can defeat Ai. He asked to the Lord. They defeated Ai, chapter 9. Or that was in chapter 8, chapter 9. They made a covenant with the Gibeonites. They made a covenant with the Gibeonites. And they said, we were from far off. Look at our bread. Look at our water. Our, you know, our, my, my water bottle's all, all, all falling apart because we've been so long, so many days um, traveling here, which was a lie. 
but God honored the covenant with the Gibeonites, and Joshua honored that. And then chapters 10 through 24, they divided up the land. I was waiting for somebody to text me or holler back at me and go, hey, wait a minute, you told me to read Joshua. And man, when I got to 10, chapter 10, it was like bogged down and all that they had to go through from 10 through 24. So I'm asking you to turn to chapter 24. I want you to look at tonight. today, we're going to talk a little bit about Joshua and we're going to look at verses 14 through 19. Let me pray. Father, I know that you've done a great and mighty work already this morning. But the field has been disked. It's ready to receive the seed. The seed that's already there is ready to receive the water. That that has already germinated is ready to begin to break through the soil. That which is already broken through the soil is getting ready to become a, a, a head. That which is a head is beginning to come become full. So, God, whatever stage everybody's at today, that they will receive and believe what you have for them today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Verse 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. Verse 15, If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, then choose for yourself today whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served, which was beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua is at a place where he's getting ready to die. It's near the end of his life. And I don't know, the Bible isn't clear if God had told Joshua that the end's coming near or whatever it might be, or maybe because he was 110 years old (laughs) that he was like, I'm ready to go. Come on, somebody. Uh, You know, it doesn't really say. Most of the time they were in pretty good health. You know, a lot of times their eyes weren't dim. They they were still strong. and, And But 110 years now, Joshua is getting ready to go home and be with the Lord. And he tells the Israelites this. You can serve the gods of your fathers, which were all sorts of different gods. You can serve the gods of the Amorites, whose land you're in, and you're going to begin to see all sorts of idols around. Or you can serve the Lord God. And he says, but as for me... And my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my tribe, we will serve the Lord. See, when you look that word up, that word house in the, in the Greek, it, it literally means family. As for me and my, as for me and my, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. See, a lot of times we think we're just this one generation, and that's the only one that really matters. It's me and my generation now. No, he was saying, there is generations before me and generations after me, and we are declaring today in this new land, I'm going to declare today in this new era, in this new place in which we're stepping in, in this new season in which you're 
are walking in that me and my family will serve the Lord. And Joshua was saying, if you want to hang out with all those other idols and gods, you can do that if you want to. But I'm going to tell you, I'm making a decision right here, right now, today to serve the Lord. And somebody needs to make that decision right here, right now, today. You've been vacillating between two or three different opinions. And God's saying, make the decision right now, today. I'm serving the Lord, and I'm not going to be looking back. I'm going to be looking forward in what God is doing. Hallelujah. Somebody pray for my voice. As for me and my house, my family, we will serve the Lord. They can choose the God of their ancestors, or they can choose the God of Israel. Make a decision. Make a decision. See, there can't be any neutrality. It's like, well, maybe I will later. No, you've already made a decision. You've made that decision for now, but I'm believing as we're praying that you're going to make that decision to serve the Lord. Hey, can I get an amen? You, you, you've got to, they've got to make that decision. Let's look, at, let's look at verses 16 and 18. I want you to look in these scriptures as we read through them. The reasons why the people gave Joshua... They should serve the Lord. It's, it's written right in there. Let's take a look at it. Verse 16 said, The people answered and said, Far be it from us that we would forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord, our God, is he who brought us out. Excuse me. It is he who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Remember the first thing we talked about weeks ago was getting delivered from Egypt. They were in bondage. The first step, if you're going to enter into a new era, if you're going to enter into the promised land, if you're going to enter into the kingdom of God, is you got to get out of bondage. Because if you're still in bondage, it's going to hold you back. Oh, come on, somebody. It's time to break out. (laughs) It's time to break out. And believe me, God wants you to break out. He goes on and he said, who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage and who did these great signs in our sight and preserved us though all the way in which we went and among all the peoples through the midst we passed. Verse 18, and the Lord drove out from before us all the people even the Amorites who lived in the land. And I love what they say right here. Joshua, we just want you to know, we, we will also serve the Lord. He's our God. We won a major victory in freedom this past week. And a lot of people don't even know what that is. When the president signed into an executive order that I can stand up and have the freedom of speech to say this candidate, before Senator Marlatt could run, I really wasn't allowed to bring him up. I was because we're a different church than some other churches. Come on, somebody. I wasn't allowed to bring him up unless I let whoever was running against him come in and have some say also. 
But now you can stand on your biblical principles and you can speak forth those biblical principles and I don't have to worry about the IRS coming and pulling our, our tax-exempt status. I haven't worried about that before. In fact, some people have just said, hey, if we lose our tax-exempt status, we're going to find out whether you're really giving to get a deduction if you're really giving unto the Lord. I don't, get, I don't give to receive a tax-exempt status. Oh, come on, somebody. But I'll take advantage of the tax-exempt status. Amen? Right? It's like, hey, yeah, I'm going to take advantage of it. If I got a deduction, I'm going to deduction. I don't know about you. If you don't need any deductions, then praise God for you. But I, I, I need some deductions. Come on, somebody. He said, we will also serve the Lord. So there's three things that you can really see is they realize that, number one, God brought them out of Egypt. The very things that we talked about, they realized, they were like, wait a minute, he got us out of Egypt. Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods, for the Lord our God is he who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt. They knew that God did it. Is there something in your life that you could say, there is no way that this could have happened but God doing it? You need to remember that. You need to write it down. You might need to tell your children or grandchildren or, or your mom or your dad or your parents or whatever that means. You, you need to say, look, there is no, this is, couldn't have happened unless God did this thing. It, God did it, and that settles it. God did it, and it's over. God brought us up out of Egypt. Nobody else could. There was ten plagues. Come on. He made it real, real plain. To, to, to see what God did in order to, to, to move Pharaoh to get to the place where he released them. So that's the first thing. He brought them up out of Egypt. The second thing, as you can see, is that he, that he got them through the wilderness. He says, from the house of bondage, and who did these great signs in our sight and preserved us through all the way in which we went and among all the peoples, whose midst we passed. In other words, God preserved them as they walked around in the wilderness. He brought them out of Egypt, and they said, we remember that. Our fathers, they brought us out, brought them out. Got out of Egypt. Now we're learning the ways in the Lord. Are you with me? Are you with me? We're learning the ways of the Lord. They, from from Exodus into Leviticus, they learned the food laws. They learned the, the laws of Moses. Numbers and Deuteronomy, they learned how God operated and how everything was under the law and what would happen as long, if they didn't transgress the law. Come on, somebody. If they transgressed the law, it was not good news. Somebody ought to thank God for Jesus. Amen? Because, man, otherwise the earth may open up and swallow all of us. Come on, somebody. <laughs> So they, they knew that they brought them out of the wilderness, but they also knew this, is that God's bringing us in the promised land. Because the Amorites were in the promised land. It's been mentioned two or three different times that the Amorites were in the promised land. They had to deal with the Amorites being in the promised land. They had to go in and take it. All I'm here to tell you is that we know that, that when you decide to serve the Lord, it's not going to be easy. You're going to have to go in in order to take some things that the enemy may have stolen from you or you may have just given away because of your ignorance. 
I'm not talking about ignorant being stupid. I'm talking about ignorant not knowing. We don't know some things sometimes. And then the Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. We don't know some things sometimes. So there's some stuff. All I know, if there's some stuff out there for us to be able to feed the poor and help those that need it and, and, and bring set the captives free and bring peace to those who need it. There's some peace out there that God says you can go get that peace. It's in the promised land, but there was a war that had to take place first. There was a fight that had to take place first, but they remembered and they said, hey, Joshua, I know you're and you and your family family are going to serve the Lord. We are too. We are too. And I, I'm, in, I'm in a group that are willing to serve the Lord. Can I get an amen? Give your neighbor a hand over there. Come on, say, yep, you're, you're, you're here. You're willing to serve the Lord. And see, that's one of the things that the enemy will try to do is he'll try to separate you from where you're learning about the things of God. He'll try to divide you from the fellowship. Can I get an amen on that? Because that's what happens. You know, those are the things that you have to look at. He said, so why do we serve the Lord? Why do we serve the Lord? What's the Lord done for you? (laughs) I came in the other day. I did hear you, Debbie and Steve. Look what the Lord has done. I walked in and they started playing that song and looked at it. And I kind of was walking around doing my thing, you know, and they were like, he's not even paying any attention. Gotcha. I was paying attention. I knew what that song was. I, I was, I didn't, might not have started dancing, but what about you? What about if you took your new era journal and you started journaling what the Lord has done and you started writing down that God, you did this and you brought me out here and you saved my life here and you moved mountains here and this, this opened up here or I got an opportunity here and you got an opportunity there. And all of a sudden you start talking about these different opportunities and you start looking at that and going, man, I I guess God, you, I think I'm serving you. That's what God wants to do in all of our lives. He wants to do that in all of our lives. So I want you to I want you to start thinking about that in which the Lord has done. What are the moments? We've been talking about it on Wednesday nights. The 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 Wednesday night warriors, the moments that what God has done where we experience God. And then we've talked about dreams and visions and those things that God can come to us and speak to us and bless us in those certain areas. What about the testimony? Would you give a testimony unto the Lord? What about if that's a testimony that somebody needs to hear and you write it down and three weeks from now there's an opportunity for a testimony and you come up and you give it and it encourages that other person to say, look what the Lord has done. I think I'm going to get closer to God today. Those are the things that that God wants to deal with. Amen? I'm almost done. I want to finish up strong today because those of you that have had the certificate of debt I want you guys, Justin, if you will, just play something. I'm going to have you guys bring them up, and um, and um, I think I'll just have, them give, have you give them to me. You can go up and down the steps if you wanted to. I just figured with everybody, depending on how many we had, it may be a lot to have everybody. So if you've got a certificate of debt, I want you just to stand up. Hallelujah. I want you to look at that certificate of debt because it's not what I've done. It's what Jesus has done for us. Are you with me? The Bible says that he nailed it. (laughs) He nailed it to the cross. Those decrees. Anybody had any decrees against them? Yeah. 
Aunt Martha, she keeps talking about those things, and it's been 37 years now that I did that thing in her yard. You know what I mean? And then she still won't let me off the hook. That she still's talking about, oh, how not had Eric rolled her lawn in when I was 14. So, you know, it's like, you know, and then she won't let it go. Let it go. And sometimes we won't let it go. Amen. So I want you just to look at that decree. I just really believe this is a real holy moment that we're going to step into. Father, today, as we take these decrees, we come along with those that came yesterday or last week and that nailed this decree, this debt, that there is no more debt. We don't owe anything on that. Jesus has paid it in full, and we believe it, and we receive that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you will, let's come give me the decrees and we'll, uh, I'll go nail them to the cross. Come on, I love it, man. You guys like to have so much fun. I, I, I enjoy this. Is, this is the fun stuff that I really, really enjoy. And it's going to be a reminder so that we've got not only that, we've got a memorial for you. That when you walk in, you can go, you know what? My debt's been paid in full. No, no, come on. It wasn't just a down payment. It was paid in full. Jesus said, it is finished. Come on, let's give him a mighty shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hey, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet this morning. I just want to pray and bless you today. I don't know about you, but guilt and shame has got to go. It is nailed to the cross. Unforgiveness and bitterness and angry anger and oppression and depression. Come on, somebody. It's nailed to the cross. Every sickness and disease, every germ, every virus, come on, is nailed to the cross. By his stripes, we are healed. Amen. Let me just pray for you. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I just thank you that we have come to the cross today. 
and that we have nailed those things. And God, this prophetic act that was done today is powerful. And in the spiritual realm, the books of heaven are open and they are being written in today. God, that we are coming in agreement with that which has taken place, Jesus, that you've done on the cross over 2,000 years ago. And God, I thank you that we are going to walk free in Jesus' name. And everybody said, I'm free. I'm free. Amen. Listen, today, if you need prayer today, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you want us to pray for you today, if you've not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, we can pray and you can receive that. If you just want to be part of a church family that you've never been part of before, come and allow us to pray for you. God bless you. Have a great afternoon. God bless.